Yeah, but we spent so much money on the word Fat Joe, on the name Fat Joe, that we could never uh, change the name. So everybody know Fat Joe, you know? <laughs> Slim, we trying, you know, we trying to live, that's right. it. Yeah. You talking about spending money. Did you get the uh, that phrase, yesterday's price? It's not today's price. You get that um, trademark? Me? Yeah, yeah, I got that trademark. Mm -hmm. Yo, Diddy, yeah, come get the book now. Hold up, they got it. That way we don't sit and hear the whole shit with it. Um. Hold up. Limitless. Take a stomach cow pinning it. I father here to witness it. Got my people feeling militant. Way I'm feeling, get me up. On the mission, get me up. Knowing me, I got the key. On the vision, I can trust. Trust. Limitless. Take a stomach cow pinning it. I father here to witness it. Got my people feeling militant. Way I'm feeling, get me up. On the mission, get me up. Hey, man, welcome to the pivot. Uh, we're honored. To have you today, you know, and to get an opportunity to talk about, you know, your new book. Uh, I think everybody knows you, but I do still want to introduce you because you deserve that. Uh, Fat Joe, Grammy nominated artist, author, entrepreneur, now becoming uh, media darling, hosting right. different shows and, and, and doing a lot of those things that I think you grew into doing, but you earned the right to do. Uh, Freaky Fred, Fred Taylor, Channing Crowder, man, I'm Ryan Clark. Uh, extremely excited to have you. Thank you for everybody who subscribed to the show. Uh, continue to support The Pivot. Like Freddie T always says, man, anybody can podcast, but everybody can't pivot. Uh, to DraftKings, to Happy Dad, thank you for sponsoring the show. And I, and I want to get get you right into it. You something, bro. what I forget? Father, friend, husband. Get a man his flowers, dog. I mean, that's, that, is, that is your job. A lot of times it's my job to introduce what the person has accomplished, and it's your job to give them flowers for what they you truly just did are. We, we were. <laughs> <on it today. laughs> yes, sir. In thinking about where you've come from and, and the things that you accomplished, it has to start with having parents of Cuban descent, of Puerto Rican descent, growing up in the housing projects and the things that made you that we heard in early, you know, Fat Joe the Gangsta music. Tell us a little bit about how that was the foundation of the man that we see today. Yeah, man, wow. Um, I was born into this land, you know, and you know, I try to like baby step it because we got so much youth to watch us that they don't know that there was a time you didn't, you, we didn't even have a cellular phone, mm -hmm. let alone social media or YouTube. You know, they woke up like this. You know, they, you got kids eight months old already on the laptop. And so we didn't have that. And so I grew up in, in the Bronx where my parents was there, my mother was there maybe uh, 30 to 40 years before me. She was in these projects. Uh, and then I was born there and that's all I knew. Uh, and I just grew up with not having much, but we had love, we had community, we had music, we had a vibe. And so, you know, hip hop came out of uh, oppressed people. 
Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But that goes all the way back to slavery. That goes back to people picking cotton. They got to sing their way through the pain. So the Bronx looked like the bombs blew up the whole Bronx. I don't even know how it got like that in the United States of America, but that's what the Bronx looked like if you Google the 70s and 80s. And, uh, and so that's how hip hop, I call it a natural resource. That's where it came up out the ground. Um, it's been able to pay the bills of millions and millions of people and bringing uh, hope and laughter and, and great times to people, you know? So, you know, I grew up with nothing. I know what eating rice with eggs is at night. We ain't have no AC. So in the summer, we would sleep on the floor because it's cooler. You know, when we ran out of toilet paper, we wiped our ass with newspaper. Mm-hmm. You know, I ain't got a problem with, <laughs> with where I come from, yeah. you know. And uh, the book speaks to that. It lets you know in great detail. Uh, because all, all the time they see us, they see the finished product. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That they don't see the struggle and everything we had to go through to get there. That transparency is all in the book. I peeked in it for a minute, but I always go back to the product of the product, you know, product of our environment. But I like to say our environment is a product that allows us to evolve into what we are, right? It's always a pivot in play. Uh, I spoke to a homeboy that grew up in the Bronx. He talked about your Uncle June. Mm -hmm. And uh, he said it was some wild times back in the day, but he kept it real. But in the book you speak to in the first chapter, uh, straight out the gate, you said, kill the baby. Your angel, just came home yeah, from yeah, prison. Yeah, yeah. And he was like, I can't, ki- I can't, I can't kill her, your mom, yeah. or your dad. I, want, I gotta kill the baby. And your mom, she went and she gave you, handed you off to a neighbor to yeah. protect you. You spoke about, about your son, mm. right? And you spoke about your parents being alive, taking care of your son. And that's the reason they're potentially still living. But I wanted to talk, ask you about the strength of your mom. You know, I, <laughs> she's everything. Right. She's everything. You know, uh, my mom's never had much. And uh, and she would work three jobs. And if we wanted the sneakers, she would get it. But she'd get it three years later after it ain't the style. <laughs> it's four of us, right? Yeah. She's, uh, he, my father worked hard every day of his life, but he's kind of cheap. You know what I'm saying? So... My mom's understood what swag was and we got to get him the jacket, you know. Um, But she's so strong, bro. Like, she had three jobs. She got arrested one time because my family grew up in this illegal numbers business. So you see how they legalizing weed now? So for years, people been selling weed and they, they was demonizing it like it's a terrible thing because the government wasn't getting tax money off of it. So they wasn't making money off of it. And so now they find a way to legalize it to get some tax money off of it. Same thing happened with their legal numbers in in the hood in New York. I think every hood, people would play their numbers. So my mom's was the number lady. So I grew up in the number spot, you know? And it's crazy because just yesterday, uh, I went to one of my stores, I own sneaker stores up in YC. And there's a girl that works there and her son was in there. Right? And under normal circumstances, if you a boss, you'd be like, yo, you can't bring your kid to work. But I seen it, I said, damn, my mom used to bring me to work. Mm-hmm. That's how the boss used to look at me up in there. And he ain't never give her a problem. I'm not giving this girl a problem. You understand what I'm saying? She got a, 
You know, she's a single parent mother. And so my mother, you know, dealing with my brother. So my brother started getting high at a very young age. My mother never used drugs. My father never used drugs. And my mother would go to 20 crack houses till she found my brother. My mother would stay on the window to five in the morning that my brother came to go to work at seven, eight in the morning. I mean, the strength, you know, we would take cabs back in the days, taxi cabs, and the cab was $2 and she would give him five. $3 tip over the $2. But all this she was teaching me, the whole time she was teaching me. Um, I got rich, if we speed, and my mother refused to move out the projects. Not only that, the door was open 24 hours a day. The wow. door never saw a lot. And there was times I would randomly go visit my mother, and there's a crackhead making sandwiches in the, in the kitchen. Wow. And she'd be like, hey, that's little June, that's little Anthony, that's little Johnson. I'm like, yo, my man, if you don't get the fuck up out of here, like, like I'm telling I will stab you, bro. Get the fuck out of here, right? But to this day, you know, I went to a funeral of a young lady that I grew up with maybe two weeks ago, Keisha, man. Wow, she died so young. She's beautiful, like my sister. And when I went there, everybody was like, how's Miss Ruby? How is it? They love this woman, you know what I'm saying? And, uh, but she was everything for me. And when they told me my son was autistic, uh, his mother wanted to give him up for adoption. And I was just 19, bro. I didn't have no record out, no nothing. And my mother and father was like, hell no, that's our kid. We're gonna raise him. And they did, you know? And you could say financially, I was there for my son. I'm there lovingly. You know, every chance I get to chill with my son, I do. I love being with him. Uh, but you know, if it wasn't for them, you know what I'm saying? It, 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 I wouldn't have the career I have. I wanna stay on your son. Cause you also mm -hmm. said that was the biggest blessing in your life. Oh yeah. How does he drive you? You know, with everything I do, I got to think of him. You know, everything I do, I got to think of him. I got to think of the future. I got to think of, you know, if I'm not here, who's taking care of Joey? But he definitely drove me. See, me, we, we dealing in a dirty game, right. right? I mean, you know, you guys, football players, you athletes, it's a lot different than rap beef and shit like that. Right. So somebody would take your son and make a whole diss song about him. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? That's so yeah. I had to protect him, you know what I mean? And make sure, but never ashamed. Um, and then when I finally matured to the point where I ain't had no beef with nobody, I'm like, yo, look, y'all, y'all hear about Joey? His Joey. Right. And the people just came like, oh my God, I got a brother like this. I got a cousin like this. I got a son like this. And it's pretty amazing that you know, nowadays, you know, they call me up and be like, can you get on this? Can you do this thing for the autistic kids and this and that? And it's a beautiful thing. But Joey, uh, he far exceeded any expectation. You know, he's nonverbal. He doesn't walk, but he's a Don, you know, and he keeps his family together. And he's always, always, just imagine if you was happy 24 hours a yeah. day. That guy's smiling all the time. I never seen him mad. This guy's smiling 24 hours a day. He's happy. You know, he's, he brings joy to the family. He loves, loves music. And being that he was raised by my parents, uh, he likes reggaeton music. You know, he's more into that Spanish right. reggaeton, right. so he go crazy. 
yeah. for the Daddy Yankee <laughs> right. and all that. <laughs> yeah. You know, you can't even stop this guy. You know, he loves music. Freddie asked about your mommy upbringing. Like I said, I, I looked into the book for. I ain't read. I'm gonna read. The, I'm gonna read the whole thing for we you. Not, we don't read much, but don't worry. The audio's coming out. Okay, you get, <laughs> give me an audio book. I'll be. Now set. you got the audio. <laughs> audio. But, it's the hardest shit I ever had to do, but go ahead. Yeah. No, I was going to ask, man, because you had a you had a supportive family. Yeah. Like, you always hear the story about the people that had nobody, and that's why they got to the streets. But, Joe, you got into the streets. Yeah. You was robbing Heavy. people. Like, I, I, you rapped about it, and I've read about it. You was yeah. robbing people. You was, you was slanging and all that. Could you have... Why did you go that route when you really, had a supportive family? I was very aggressive. And my, my, my family was so poor. And I remember being 12 years old, sitting outside in front of my projects with my man, Louie. And we ain't even have videos, none of that yet. But I remember I was like, yo, this shit ain't me. I'm gonna get Richard Dottron, I'm gonna get to the bag. He didn't even understand what I was talking about. I was like, I gotta get it. And so I had a very aggressive when it comes to violence, when it comes to street shit. I just wanted to be rich. I just wanted to make money. I didn't want to be poor. I didn't want to be fucked up. And I knew that so young. And so I was doing everything in the world you could think of to catch the attention of the El Chapos of the Bronx and Harlem. And they knew who I was. They was already grown men like us. And they knew who that kid was, 14 years old. They was like, oh no, that boy coming. You know what I'm saying? And some of them, I would say they mentored me. Like I would sit down and chill with them and they was grown, they was the most richest guys ever come out the Bronx and I'd just be sitting there. You know what I'm saying? Hearing them arguing about girls and stuff like that and business and all that. There's this movie, it's the best way to describe it. I always, I love movies. So I love movies so I could do that. There's a, I don't know if it was intractable or untraceable. It's, it was based on in India. This guy, I don't know if he's Aquaman. He's one of them guys. He, he's one of the main, you know, one of yeah. them. And he killing everything. But there was this one Indian kid that was so broke that was trying to get the attentions of the guys who got the money that he was willing to do anything in the world. And unfortunately, that's, that's, that's how I was born and raised. I was just, I was willing to do anything to get to the bag. Like, I was just like, you know, it was all about you know. The survival? Yeah, you get one life. The survival is the different part of it where I was getting bullied growing up. Uh, you know, survival is one aspect of it. I had to survive. I'm still surviving. You know, every day we walk out in this city, you surviving. Like, this ain't like, you know, let's get out the parking lot straight. Let's get out of this restaurant straight. Like this shit is survival. When you talk about, it was a lot of ambition. You know, and I wasn't gonna stop, you know, till I got to that position. And thank God, most guys who think like me, they in jail forever or they got killed, mm -hmm. you know? And so that's why I believe in God so much. That's why when you see Fat Joe all the time talking about God and divine intervention, like I literally had a good 20 situations where I deserved to die, mm. that somehow I talked them out of it or, you know, something happened to stop them from killing me. And I know that's God's doing. And so that's why I say I have greater things to do in this world because I know he saved me through all that. 
you know, to do good shit. And, and, you know, and that's why I try to give back as much as I can, take care of the community, inspire them, inspire the youth, um, because I know he spared me. And I still don't know the reason why. They say that God protects, uh, protects babies and fools. And I always say, you know, I'm glad I'm dumb as hell sometimes. <laughs> um, and, you know, and listening to you talking about survival here in New York, uh, we're at Say Less, uh, you know, one of the newest spots in New York. And when you think of icons that come, that's come out of here or that, that have been in hip hop in general, New York is the mecca for that. Mm-hmm. And for your name to be mentioned amongst those greats, one, talks about your talent, your dedication, and your work ethic, but also longevity, mm. right? Like, you, you, aren't, you aren't sitting here because your name died away 15 years ago mm. or 10 years ago. You're sitting here because you found ways to continue to keep your name ringing, but you could hear the pride in your voice when you talk about the Bronx and you talk about being from here. I mean, in 19, what, 93, we got represent, That's you right. know, as, as a part of you introducing yourself to us when you made that transition, which we've seen a lot, you know what I'm saying, from the streets to hip hop, how much of what you learned there, sitting with the OGs and the, the El Chapos of the hood, did you put into now what you were doing in artistry with the music? The music is different. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. The music is Fat Joe the Gangster. So if you guys who are living legends and the fans that know you, know you, know you, watched you right now in the pickup game, believe it or not, you ain't changing your style. Mm-hmm. It's like a boxer that all he knows how to do is brawl and knock people out. Yeah. We love him for that, but his trainers keep telling him, duck, right. this, yeah. that. But when it goes into them instincts, that boy still all you can be is that you. boy. So the yeah. music, I'm always that. I'm aggressive, I'm fat mm-hmm. Joe the gangster. Mm-hmm. You're going to hear hard shit. Right. That's right now. If I went to the studio right now and talked about God all day, you hear me talk some shit on that music. Right. If the Beatles came out with a new album right now, I don't want to hear the Beatles sounding like Future 2022. Right. I want to take the plastic off the rap and hear the Beatles. Yeah. Right. <laughs> that's real. You understand yeah. what I'm saying? And that's why the other day where we at, and, and I love them. Mm. Uh, uh, Ron Isley, he threw a little rap in there. They, that thing was beyond viral. They was like, yo, come on. <laughs> we love you. <laughs> we want to hear the uh, baby making. Yeah, we trying to make love. Yeah, but, yeah. you know, and I understood where he was coming from. He tried to let him know, oh, I can do what you do. Right. You know what I'm saying? I can do what you do. But the music's always going to be that. Um, but the streets and my community is what made me, mm-hmm. you know, and I never forget them. And... It's crazy because, you know, every time, you know, I can't get to see every single person I grew up with, you know, but every time I'm trying to do something good for the people, I'm always wondering, are they seeing? Are they seeing? Because I was such a, you know, Jada Pinkin told me the other day I did the red table. I don't want to spoil your number. She said, I looked at you as a good guy that did bad things. I always say, yo, I was a bad guy. Right. You know what I'm saying? But she was like, I look, you a good guy, you did bad things. 
And so there's people in my community who know this guy was crazy, you know? And so I like to hear them hear stuff like, yo, he opening business in the community. Yo, he's giving out 18 wheelers full of food to the community. Yo, he's giving out computers to all the schools. Yo, you know, I'm trying to make up. I'm trying to make up with God, you know? Right. I, I did so much up shit that when I walk up to God, when I die, I want to be able to say, yo, God, I tried. <laughs> you see me I tried to get I you back. I tried to hustle my way back <laughs> into the good graces. Right. You know, and uh, and I've still got mad work to do. Uh, but, uh, yeah. yeah, you know, that's where I stand with, with who I am. What made you start caring? Because I always cared. What? I always cared. When you man. was doing with all the shit you talk I about, you didn't care. care. Yeah, but I always cared, right? And so in the book, there's a time where these guys bullied me every single day. Where I went to junior high school. So, and we're going to keep it a buck. I grew up in a neighborhood. My neighborhood, 85% black. That's it, right? Then I went to junior high in a neighborhood that's 99.9% .9 black. And Fat Joe... Now, it's Fat Joe, 12, 13 years old. I still was walking in there with, yo, they was like, yo, this, this is an alien. They thought I was the original Eminem. I understood Eminem, yeah. right? I was like, they was like, oh no, yeah. we not having this. And I'm over here kicking it to all these sisters, all the right. girls, you know, hollering at them, yo. And, and they, they didn't want no parts of that. They was like, oh no. So I had to fight 20 guys every day. Uh, and then one day, I had a best friend who I used to go to school there because my mother had the number spot up the block. I'm sure she knew all their mothers, right? So one day, uh, I'm with my best friend. His name is Leonard. My moms would feed him every day. He would hang out with me every day. And they said, listen, why are you with Fat Joey? And he said, he's my best friend. They said, um, you got to jump him with us or we're going to jump you every day. And he jumped me like this with them. Mm. And that moment changed my life from where I went from being a good person with a kind heart to I just turned black and I didn't care about human life. I don't really want to scare nobody in here. I just did not care about good and bad people. Mm. I was just going to give it to everybody. And I was crying like rivers of, of tears and kept tying my boot. And I was like, I'm so now back to the movie. Uh, paid in full when they when they kidnapped Rich Porter's nephew. He was like, anybody ever? Yep. It was the same shit. Anybody ever? Ever? I'm giving it to anybody ever? And that turned me to do bad things to everybody. Good and bad people. And then, unfortunately, when you're doing that type of stuff, you realize the girls think you cuter. The guys now, they like, yo. And, they, and there's some power tripping huge power tripping going on to wherever you go, people know your name, they know who you is. And so that's the type of time I was on, but always, my heart always been great. It's always been good to my people and all that, but you know, I did some fucked up things. Zip Recruiter is amazing. It's like in sports, if you're a GM, you gotta do everything to get your players, to get the best talent you need. Zip Recruiter can be your GM for your business. They're gonna find the best people, make it easy for you to continue to thrive in your business. And it's tough out there. 
you got to find the best person. You're always looking for new talent. You're looking for to upgrade your business. Upgrade with ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter's an upgrade. You can upgrade with ZipRecruiter. Let them be your GM and build your team. In fact, four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. When you're ready to build a winning team, let ZipRecruiter help you build the perfect roster. In fact, four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. When you're ready to build a winning team, let ZipRecruiter help you build the perfect roster. You can try it for free. That's right, for free today at ZipRecruiter.com slash DraftKings. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash D-R-A-F-T-K-I-N-G-S. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. You went to a little bit about uh, having a friend turn on you in that way. And I think, and we've talked to a lot of people that mention their circles and trying to have the right people around them mm. or having to learn that tough lesson, maybe not even as early as you did mm. later on in life. Um, and you said you didn't care about human life. Uh, also, um, in your book, you're going to speak about depression. Mm. And, you know, and I've heard you speak about what it was like after losing pun mm. and, and having to deal with that. And... To be someone who's already had a dark outlook mm -hmm. on life and now to be a part or endure that sort of loss, how did, how did it put you in a place where you felt like your life wasn't even worth living? It's been chasing me forever. So it's like the shadow that just been chasing me forever. Through greatness, through money, through good times, there's always been a dark element chasing me. And so I discover Big Pun we become rich, legitimately rich, like, you know, legally rich. Not street, you know, hey, Fat Joe, you know what I'm saying? My community's happy about me, they proud of me. And right at our prime, he dies. It's like, fuck. And everybody that you thought was your friend starts. And then I got a, a part in the book that changed my life was after Pun died, I was in, you remember my mother wouldn't move out the projects. I'm New Year's Eve, I could be at J-Lo's house. And I'm at the projects. So I come down the stairs in the tuxedo and I see my best friends I grew up with. These are guys I paid their rents, I paid their lawyers, I paid their mother's funerals. I did, talking about me. You know, he's over, he's done. Pun was better, he's never this. And, and so it hurt me so much, but it was God showing me that uh, you really don't need to keep taking care of these people if they're not really with you and they're not the real deal, they're not there for you. And so uh, in my life, throughout my whole career, you know, so pun dies. You know, my sister was giving birth and they gave her an epidural needle to numb her from, it usually numbs you from the waist down and went from the waist up. Mm. Now in the hood, we don't realize those ain't even doctors. These are uh College students doing this shit. Anesthesiology. So they didn't know what to do. Right. So they panicked. My sister gets brain dead. She's in a coma for eight months. We got to go see her every other day, sitting there like a, a, a vegetable. She dies. Meanwhile, I'm over here performing for y'all. Lean back. Y'all playing on the football, listening to her. I got to smile. Right. You see, so I always, my whole life, led from a position of strength. No matter what, even if it, I didn't believe I was going to win, anytime you follow Fat Joe, if you was a fan of him, you would see Fat Joe like that. 
Right. Y'all know what this is, this, this, that, right? But every time I try to get ahead, something happened. So I go, I got an accountant. Uh, and this shit just happened again. You know, so things happen to you in your life. And you might question God and be like, God, why is this happening to me? Right? And I believe these things happen to you that's so tough for you to just give you wisdom and get you experience for when it happens again. Right? So, Tom Montana, who was my best friend, died when I was young. I really went through it. But then when Pun passed, it was like that again. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I'm doing great. Pay all my taxes. I'm doing great. I get a new accountant. My accountant, uh, his son became a quadriplegic, so he had to be with his son. So all my shit was straight. Then I get a new accountant. I'm sending them wire transfers every month to pay my taxes, pay my bills. This guy ain't paying for shit. I go to buy a car. They're like, yo, are you sitting down? I'm like, no. they like... Well, it says here you don't pay for none of your mortgages, none of your mother's mortgages, none of your cars, none of this. Meanwhile, I've been giving them the money. Uh, I go to the government. They said, it's our belief that you as the leader of your household are responsible for any employee. I proved to them that I was sending them. So they know the guy robbed me. Right. But I still had to pay that money back that he stole and then go to jail after I paid the money Who's going to be a successful 40-year-old rapper? You 40 in rap? You know, how many songs could we pull up with it, right? <laughs> Jay doing it now. No, but he's doing it now, and then we're reinventing it. Me too. Like, yeah, I put out hits. Yeah. But before that, that didn't exist. Yeah. So you had to, like, reinvent the wheel. Mm -hmm. And so I'm broke. I catch my best friend stealing from me. For years, once I start, once you start looking at your books forensically, you catch guys that you, you've been with every single day. You're the godfather of their kids, stealing your money and all that. Betrayal. There's no wall high enough to, to build for when somebody you love betrays you. It's just nothing you could do about that. You know, so it hits you right here like an invisible uh, lightning rod. And so everywhere in my life, it's... This shit just keep, this shadow keep following me. Even to, to this day, recently, I found an accountant, my accountant, who's in the biggest firm. Every athlete you can name, every rapper you can name, just caught a stealing from me. Millions of dollars. Mm. You understand? So I go through this shit again. But being that I went through that, I knew how to deal with this. I'm like, oh, no, we got to get the forensic real quick. We got to sue these people. We got to get ahead of this shit. You know, and most people, if you, if that happened to you right now, you'd be like in the matrix. Mm -hmm. Not me. I've been through this shit before. So, you know, breathe in and out and keep it pushing. But, you know, shit like that, you know, right now I'm at the best time of my life. You know, uh, we're doing great. Mm -hmm. You know, my family's good. We're healthy. You know, we do, we're achieving a lot of things. And still in all, the shadow comes back up. Mm -hmm. You know, now we got to deal with that. Uh, that's just the story of my life. In the book, there was a suicide attempt, suicide thought. What was that? Yeah. Uh, really, I'm not suicidal. I've never been suicidal. What happened was, um, I believe in one team, one dream. I believe in loyalty. Now, your greatest asset 
could be used against you. The thing people admire you for and love you for, if people really study you, they could use that against you. You know, Fat Joe's going to jump out. Right. You diss one of his men, he's jumping out. You diss a girl he's cool with, he's jumping out. He, you, we know, right? And so, uh, you know, I was out there hustling. My brother was the real boss. I was making good money, but my, bo- my brother was making kingpin money, real money. And I'm out there sacrificing my life, and as long as my brother got it, I got it, right? So to go back to the first thing you talked about, I have two brothers and a sister. They all got the same mother and father. Their father went to jail. That's when my mother met my father. That's why he said, yo, they trying to kill you off rip. The guy was a bad guy, always in jail. He was in jail. My mother met my father. They had me, right? But I was raised, my father raised my two brothers and my sister since they was babies, right? And so I was raised the whole time. I never heard the word stepbrother, stepsister, right. not just us. Right? The Cartagenas. You fight one, you got to fight all three of them. They, you know, this is what this is. And then one Thanksgiving, you know, we sell a big drug. So my other brother's there. So I'm with my brother. My other brother was supposed to be the, the college guy, uh, nice guy. Don't get him involved with nothing. That type of shit, right? He was holier than thou, Protect right? him. And so we, 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 we Thanksgiving, and me and my brother... Angel, we talking about, he got money, millions of dollars, right? So he's like, yo, I'm going to give it to our brother to hold the money. I said, well, hold up. Now that is, think, not saying my brother would steal, not saying nothing. I said, yo, if the cops come, why don't you not have the shit separated? We could go take half the money to my aunt's house in Orlando. She's like 80 years old. She wouldn't even know the shit is in the attic. Right. Take half down there, give half to our brother. That way you don't throw all your eggs in one basket. So my brother, my other brother, he turns around and he tells my brother, he says, yo, June, yo, Angel. He said, this ain't even our brother. I'm like, wow. I go from never even hearing stepbrother or nothing. These guys straight up, this ain't even our brother. How you listening to this? I said, I couldn't even help it. I just started crying like a baby. And my brother Angel was like, you crazy, Joey's our brother, you stupid. More my brother than you, you know, he did the right thing. I got so furious, I went to the table and I took the turkey and threw the shit on the floor. The whole turkey, my yeah. mother and them baby. Fuck you, this, I just was wild. I got in the car at the time, I had a Mustang 5.0, them shits do like 90 miles per block. <laughs> So, nah, them shits was like, you know, them shits was fast. So I'm driving fast. It's Thanksgiving. I go to this place called City Island in the Bronx. I'm just crying. I'm so hurt. I'm destroyed. I never felt that before. And uh, really traumatizing. And none of my family even know this story. This book is going to be the first time they know this story. And I'm just racing City Island. It's one way in, one way out going 100 miles per hour, just crying like a baby. And at the end of City Island, they got this concrete. And when you're on the highway, the concrete this. So I'm actually thinking about ramming this shit in and just dying, right? And I'm about 18 years old or something like that. And thank God, maybe 20 seconds before the shit, I just, ah, 
you know, I punked out of it and drove off. I wound up going to this restaurant called a Seville and ate a hell of a steak, right? <laughs> now, she had the caramelized onions in there. Now, that's a mean steak, bro, right? <laughs> that spot ain't open no more, but that joint was the joint, right? And uh, that's the one and only time I ever thought about suicide. And nobody even knows that story. Not, nobody in my family knows that story. But uh, he fucked me up, man. You know, when the people closest to you fuck you up like that, it's a, it's, it's a painful thing. Let's pivot real quick, man. Uh, you talk about the dark cloud, you know, thing. Um, the state of the rap game. It seemed like it can't shake that dark cloud. Every other week, every other month, you know, we got to... RIP somebody here and there, you know, and send condolences. You know, they say the, being a rapper is the hardest job or the scariest job in America. What would, you, what would you say to that? Man, it went from being the most celebrated, you know, to this day I see Slick Rick, I see Big Daddy Kane, I see Karis when I'm like, yeah, for sure. Like a baby. Mm -hmm. I see them and I'm just like, <sighs> right. There's nothing you could do. Like I, I remember a couple of years ago as I came out the movie theater in, in Jersey and I seen Rob Bass. And he was with his teenage son. And I was like, yo. And I started making the movie for his son. I was in the castle. <laughs> the whole crowd was going, whoo. Yeah. Whoo. Yeah. Like, this is the type of shit I give up to the legends. And so now it looks like we're dealing with so much self-hate. So much jealousy. I don't want to blame everything on social media, but I'm sure the fact that we post all the fly shit and all that, robbing you ain't enough. You know, I did an interview with Charlemagne where I told him Big L was killed on his block, uh, Jam Master J, Nipsey Hustle. This is all killed in their own community, right? And um, I said, one of the oldest professions in the world is prostitution, before Christ. The next one was robbing and stealing. And so we're not going to be able to stop someone. Fat Joe's not going to be able to tell people, yo, don't rob somebody. If you're hungry and you're aggressive, you're going to rob somebody. But why you got to kill a man? If your job is to rob him, why you want to kill a man in front of everybody, in front of all this? And so... I've been seeing that it's not good enough robbing a person. You got to take their life. And we got to get about that jealousy and that self-hate and turn it into self-love. Because uh, in the 60s, everybody marched together and had nothing. And everybody loved each other and stood up for each other. So that this, you, you know when they say that slogan, I am my ancestor's dream? Yeah. You really are your ancestor's dream. You guys got big houses. You the shit they couldn't even think of. And so now uh, that we fought to make it out of where we grew up under those conditions, somebody who mad at themselves want to come kill somebody, right? And so I got to see Method Man get older. I got to see Jay-Z, Ice Cube. Snoop Dogg, Fat Joe, right? And it's, it's scary because it seems like with the youth, they're not never going to see their, their, their legends get older. 
You know, and so what you need to understand is that anytime somebody that looks like you, speaks like you, comes from the struggle you come from, maybe even worse, makes it, it offers hope and inspiration. And when you gun them down and you kill them, now on video, right? Because nowadays, I don't know, I watch the news every night. You see, we got a big problem in New York. I'm sure it was here forever, but we really have a big problem. It's called, they throwing people in front of trains. I don't know if you know that. Ladies, whatever, you coming from, from school, church, your job, they'll throw you in front of a train. But instead of somebody grabbing you to help you and pull you up before the train hits you, pull the they pull out the camera and they film you getting hit by the train. This gotta stop. This gotta stop. And nobody wants to see these kids want to see their father murdered on a video. You know, ah oh man, this shit is a terrible time. And the only way I know how to fight it is with love. And to tell them, even young gang members that want to kill the other guy with the other color, you have to see that those are your cousins, those are your brothers, those are your family. You know, we gotta get past that. And so that's what I've tried to talk. That's all I could do. Maybe one of these kids could change with the kind of conversation we have. It's a lot of hate in the world. Like, like you said, you watch the news, it's hate in this world. Why does it seem like in hip hop, it's, is it jealousy? Is it disdain? Like, yeah. cause you went to now, what, who is it, Young Dolph? You, you brought up Nips, you brought up Takeoff, like all these dudes. But even back, we, we saw, we saw uh, Tupac and Biggie mm -hmm. in the 90s. You know what I'm saying? With that, that was why jealousy is, and hate too. Why is there so much hate in hip hop? Well, before it was, it, it was, it was spread out. So people would get murdered every couple of years. Now it's every month. Mm -hmm. Every single month they losing young legends. You know, and it's a hood mentality. You know, a guy feels like, yo, why he got it? Why the girls think he handsome? Why he driving that car? And so they mad at themselves, right? Because you only get one life, I tell everybody. So my mentor just passed away, J.R. Ridinger. He says it's all about the dash. So when you go to the cemetery, it's the year you was born, the year you died. It's what you do in the dash. And a lot of these guys start looking at themselves and they say, man, I'm f***ed up. I ain't got shit. I ain't got a job again. They see somebody who everybody loves and they looking good and they want to kill. That's, that's, it's the that's, craziest shit. That's, that is the craziest thing. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of like yourself, you know, you've come along, you've you bust your ass, you came through the trenches and now you want to give back. Mm -hmm. But these young dudes is reckless. Mm -hmm. You know, I see that's, was that three tickets on your wrist? No, that's a lot. <laughs> Not tickets. Chan gonna say like three, 30,000 or 300,000. No, no, no. No, no, no I didn't know. It's a lot. I seen, I seen the interview. No, I, I, I already seen it. I'm gonna tuck mine. Just tuck it on. I'm gonna tuck my shit in too. Do you ever, like, cause you got a nice thing, you've earned that. Are there any moments ever when you say, you know what, I gotta, you know how to move, but I gotta move this type of way, because these young dudes is crazy. Well, I really moved this type of way. But I realized, like, with the time I got shot, the time Roy Jones almost beat me up, <laughs> you could be with 100 guys, and you come out that door. Right now, I could be like, yo, pardon me, guys, and go to use that bathroom, and I run into the wrong element right out that door. I wish right. I could be like, yo, come here. Right, right. You can't even it's do right, that. Right. You jammed up. You right there. 
So no matter if you're with a hundred guys, you're always really by yourself. You know, uh, so I try to move as smart as I can. I definitely don't be in dangerous places no more. Mm -hmm. I stay more in the house. I stay more in the house or I go take care of business. I'm back home. If I'm in a club or something like that, I go there because I got to work. But I don't really hang out like that no more. You know, and that's part of it. Also, we have security. Uh, I tell the security we like to fight. So just all you got to do is be willing to shoot. <laughs> all you got to do is be willing to shoot. We fight. You know what I'm saying? Don't worry about it. You ain't going to have to fight nobody. Make sure that shit work. <laughs> you know? Yeah, we all got to move wiser. You get in trouble. You know, it's, it's just f***ed up. It's, it's a bad time out there. And there's people that just hate on people no matter what. There's just no way around it, bro. Now that we're about halfway through the football season, hopefully you've got an idea how teams stack up against one another. So why not add a little fun into the mix? Today's video sponsor, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is dishing out an awesome offer for all their new customers. All new customers need to do is sign up using promo code PIVOT Bet $5 on any pregame money line wager and receive an additional $200 in free bets if your bet cashes. That's right. New customers who bet at least $5 on any team to win straight up will get an additional $200 in free bets if their bet hits. Plus, with same-game parlays, you can combine multiple bets on the same game to give yourself a shot of even bigger winnings all season long. For those in states where sports betting is not yet available, don't forget about DraftKings Daily Fantasy, where they have been innovating even more ways to win some cash this football season. And don't forget, the basketball season tips off soon, and DraftKings has tons of ways for you to get in on that action. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. New customers use promo code PIVOT and receive $200 in free bets if their pregame money line bet hits after placing a $5 wager. That's promo code PIVOT only at DraftKings Sportsbook. The evolution of, of listening to you speak and then remembering your music and hearing you talk about growing up shows a ton of growth. Um, also, you mentioned social media, but media has changed, right? Like this has become a part of the media. Yeah. And, but, and this is basically, but this still is- You deserve it, I could break this down to you. I, but you yeah. want me to break that down to well, you? Well, I am, I have, a, I have a, okay. a question though, because listening to you, I hear the wisdom. And a lot of time wisdom comes with mistakes, but it also comes with experience. I've heard you share a lot of these stories to reach the youth. And it seems like you feel a responsibility to community. You have someone, like Kanye, who just apologized to the black community for the things he said about George Floyd. And obviously he's also uh, dealing with uh, backlash from the Jewish community. When you look at someone like him who has such a big voice, such a big platform, and is using it in the way that he is, does it make you lock in more to your responsibility to community, which you have grown, which you have built, when you see someone like him, who to many is misusing a platform. We're here to talk about the book of Jose. We can't go into that Kanye zone, <laughs> right? All I can say to you is, uh, let's get back to the, to the, uh, the interview aspect. Um, I give very few passes to 
people who do interviews or in the media that never really lived the life. You see, I want to hear about football from you guys. Because you woke up every Sunday, every Christmas, you, 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 you played in the snow and since you was a kid, you was a baby. You got the wear and tear. If I want to know about something, I want to go to you. I don't want to go to a guy, this guy never played football. I don't want to look at his TV show about football. <laughs> I don't. Hip hop, same thing. Yeah. Right? You're a one hit wonder. You are, uh, we don't even know you. Right. I'm going to go to you for my hip hop advice. Right. I want somebody who got beat by the promoter. I want somebody who been in a rap battle. I want somebody who has culture, who's made hit records, who mm -hmm. knows. And so what we're doing now with this media thing, two things is taking equity and power into our own hands. And number two is, uh, this is what we call a commentating uh, role now. Where we just chime in and we talk about stuff because right. we have the experience. I hate getting it from people I can't prove that don't have the experience. And so uh, this media thing, it's beautiful, but it's only right, even in hip hop. We've been watching it for a long time, TNT. We just watch what Charles Barkley yeah. just caught. In a hundred. He deserves it. Yeah, he does. But yeah. Now let's get back to the mad and the hate. Why would we hate on Charles Barkley? Right? If he got a hundred. There's somebody at a bar talking about why he got a hundred. Yo, this is, is that your money? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> why are you mad at this man? And don't take nobody, it out of your pocket either. And nobody's ever overpaid. <laughs> You're worth what they pay you. Bro, they signed, the Knicks signed Brunson. And I was in a barber shop and they were so mad. And I had to tell, I said, Papi, let me ask you something. He said, yeah, Joe. I'm just, it's in your money? Cause you talking like, it's in your money. This is not your money, huh? <laughs> now you talk to him. You're gonna get the, I gotta talk to him. <laughs> you know, my man was Dominican. I'm in the Dominican barber shop. I'm like, yo, Papi, it's in your money, huh? He said, no, Joe, that's not my money, but the Knicks. I said, why are you worry? Why do you care? Is he better for the Knicks? Yes, okay, that's it. Don't be mad at the guy, because he got some money. And um, that's where we at. And years ago, we were led to believe that we couldn't take uh, power or control into our own hands. It always felt like you had to have a boss. You had to have somebody you had to go to, or uh, this and this and that. And that's not true. And, uh, and and that's where we at in life. You know, people can go out now and and, and read about your life, right? They're going to be, able, like you said, there's going to be an audio book, but they can walk into, they can walk into a bookstore, get the book of Jose, and they can learn things about Fat Joe that, like even you said here, your family doesn't even know. I think one thing that's hard for men of power, for uh, successful men, is to be vulnerable. Right, is to open themselves up to the world to be judged and critiqued, because we know that's what that's what the world does. They want to tear success. They want to tear anybody down. They get the opportunity. What made now the right time for you to share your story with you know, the I world? I didn't want to die, and somebody else tell my story whack, and even if they think <laughs> yeah. they knew, right, they get it wrong. And I had been watching. The only reason I had got into I got into like doing my show on IG and, yeah. and um, IG podcasts and whatever we want to call it 
was because I was watching a bunch of documentaries on hip hop and it was all lies. You know, I was there since I was born. Mm -hmm. And then when I watched who's the executive pr producer, these are people we respect, but they were shifting the narrative to make it look like they, they invented hip hop or whatever. And I was like, oh, this shit wrong. And so I said, if I, if, in the future, 50 years from now, if I'm not here, I want a kid 50 years from now to look up the Fat Joe joint and let Snoop Dogg tell you what happened at the Source Awards. Mm -hmm. Not somebody who is his lens, his perspective. And, um, and that's why it's so important uh, for me to have a show like that. You know what I'm saying? And so uh, with me, I wanted to tell my truth. I wanted to be transparent. I want somebody to read the book and they don't have to be black or brown. They don't have to be of the hip hop community. You can read my book and get something out of it no matter what you are. You'll be a lady, a, a white lady, 50 years old and just know, damn, this guy went through depression. His mother caught cancer, had 1%. His son is autistic, his brother dealt with drugs. The police tried to put him in jail so many times. And this guy, every time I see him, he still smiles. So this will let you know that your, your darkest moments don't mean you got to be miserable, you got to be depressed. You could always have a smile at the end of the day. The Joey, the 18-year-old Joey, arguing with his brothers about where to stash $2 million <laughs> dope money. What would he say to Fat Joe now that's 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 hosting TV shows, yeah. about to have a showtime. Drew Barrymore. Drew yeah. Barrymore yeah. show, bro. Like. I got a better one for you. My brother was killed. My best friend ever on earth. Uh, it's the only tattoo. I don't really like tattoos. It's the only tattoo I got. Memory of Tony. And, uh, you know, the other day I'm looking at a picture of him and I'm like, man, he's beautiful, man. You know what I'm saying? That's how much I love my best friend. I'm the, I see a picture of him, I was like, damn, Tone was beautiful, man. My brother, beautiful. Let's say there is a, a rainbow, a light at the end of the tunnel when you die and you see all your friends and family, right? You know, I often think, I'll be like, is Tone gonna run up on me and be like, you did it, you did it, boy, you had it. Yo, that chick, you know, I, you know, I know what he gonna talk to, I know what yeah. I'm gonna talk to me about. Yeah. And so, when you say that young Joe is bigger than me, I'm doing it for, for my people on another level to where I want to be able to, when I do pass, if I see them in heaven, I want them to break it down and be like, bro, you killed that thing. You did it like this and that. Uh, a young fat Joe, yeah, I knew I wanted to be rich. Yeah, I knew I had dreams. Did I think I would ever get here? No. So there's really not much I could break down to a young Joe. Because even if I could come 50-year-old Joe talking to an 18-year-old Joe, I'd be like, man, you're going to go through some fucked up <laughs> shit, bro. <laughs> just stay the course because you're going to get through, you're going to go through some shit. You grinding with that second, third career for people that aren't even here anymore. You're not trying to impress people that you can see every day. No, I'm not. That's, that's a great analyzer. That's, I don't even think about now. I think about when I die, 20, 30, 40 years from now after, you know, there's going to be a kid that listens to Fat Joe and Big Pun without bias and be like, these motherfuckers was hard. Yeah. I'm watching it now. They got this thing on YouTube where it's young kids, probably even younger than him. They sit down and they be like, 
My friends always talk to me about Big Pun. I never heard him before. Let me see. And he comes on dead in the middle, and they be like, holy shit! <laughs> the f I know Fat Joe, but I never I have fun watching that now. I'll be on YouTube, and they watch Fat Joe's songs and all that, and they be like, oh, shit. First time ever. They be like, yo, this is the first time. This shit is crazy. So I, I, I always think 50 years from now, after we gone and everything, somebody's going to pick it up, and they're going to be like, yo, this, this guy was... Scott was hard, you know? And the book is about courage. My life is about courage. I had so many different moments that most people would have folded. You know, uh, the guys who beat me up every day for two years straight, in the book, they got them the first day of high school. I see them, they in my hood. I tell them it's different now. I beat them up. They never came back to school to get their ass whipping for two years straight. Right. They not like me. Yeah, straight up. <laughs> they folded. They folded. They yeah. caught an ass whipping one time, never came back for the second one. <laughs> I was getting my ass whipped every day. Hey, Joe, let's let's stay leaning into the book, man. Uh, <laughs> you're talking about staying the course. Down in Miami, I used to be out in all the clubs and shit. One club in specific was Club Crave. Mm. Right on, um, I think it was like 10th and Collins. Mm. We used to be in there. And uh, a guy you talk about in, in the book, and I don't know if you did it coincidentally, but he probably got the most Jordans on the planet, and that's Khaled. Mm. They used to press the hell out of Khaled. Mm -hmm. The guys from Miami play my music. You know, if not, they won't fight him. Mm -hmm. But he's one guy who stayed the course. Mm -hmm. And now he's, you know, over there, bring out the lobster, mm -hmm. bring this out, bring that out, mm -hmm. you know, doing his thing. And I haven't personally met him, but I know a few, you know, Fady, my young homie in Dubai, really close friends with him. You speak to Khaled in chapter 23 of your book. What's your relationship Ooh, like with I just Khaled? spoke to him right now, two minutes ago. Um, just before I walked in this door, I just FaceTimed him. Um, he's my brother. You know, Khaled's like, uh, like my world. You know, he's my little brother. You know, I raised him, although he didn't grow up like us, like with that type of, you know, violence and all that. He was always a good dude. But since I met him, I felt like the world feels about him now. I knew that from the first second I met him. He didn't have no money. I made him my daughter's godfather. You know, this guy, he's a special dude. And everything you see him do on the Instagram with the kids, with the family, with the, that's really him. That's not fake. And, um, and he bust his ass. You right, Club Crave. Right, right. Uh, what was that joint over there? It's called Story Now, but they had that room opium. right there, the private opium. opium. He was pre rocking all that. Right. Man, you know all the clubs. Right? Yeah, yeah, he was out there. Yeah, heavy, <laughs> heavy. But you and see Khaled grind, was really though. hot. Right. Like, right. as a DJ, everybody mm -hmm. want to be in that room. Mm -hmm. And um, and to see the where, where he's gone. And so Khaled is like um, an athlete that's from the hood that, they like, yo, yo, don't put him in the gang. Let him, he, he gonna make it, you know, let him go. That's how we was. We was wild for the night, but we was like, yo, let him be him. Let him do nice things. Let him be the, the sweetheart. Let him be, you know, he deserves that. Somebody f with him, we jumping out. One billion percent. He's a beautiful person. He grind for everything he got. And uh, that's one of the things I'm most proud of. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, I'll tell you something. We went to Turks and Caicos on uh, vacation and and he got a lady that you know she's the nanny of the of the kids i'm not always high you know i'm always i'm, I'm a humble dude bro 
And so she's in the pool and she tells me one day, she was like, I know who you are. And I was like, who? And she was like, you the Don, you put him on. Yeah. He said, he, 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 tell, he said, when you're not here, he tells everybody, you the one to put him on, you the Don. I was like, wow, you know what I'm saying? Cause you want to know what people say behind your back. You know, you want to, you, you, and I was like, yeah, wow. And I'm like, damn, but he could loan me some fucking money right now. <laughs> you should let me do the, um, hey, do the audio book and get his royalties. That guy would kill, yo, do you know what this audio book was the worst job I had in hip hop history? <laughs> yo, I was going home every day like I did construction. I was going to sleep with my clothes on. I go home like, this is a mind f like you've never seen in your life. Because I'm an artist, so I know I got to say it a certain way. Right. And people say, you know, Fat Joe, you're the best storyteller. You can't get my audio book and I'm just reading this shit. Happy day, Seltzer. Right. <laughs> it got to be happy dad, hard Seltzer. If you saw the bubbles, you and you got to, if you saw the bubbles, the bubbles, the bubbles, 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 you saw the bubbles, 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 bubbles. Happy Seltzer. Dad Seltzer. Yes. Man, I'm killing myself in that motherfucker. Like, yo, it was the hardest shit to do. But it's your words. You wrote the book. It's just hard, bro. Yo, the audio book, wait till y'all write y'all audio book. Y'all gonna wanna die. But that, that's more gratifying, though, right? The shit you put no. into it. It no. gotta be, man. Hey, no. You get your happy dad. Man, go ahead, get man. your happy dad. <laughs> Why you throwing hard seltzer? Spill on me. Okay. Get your hard you seltzer. Your happy dad. Your happy go. dad, wild cherry. <laughs> and uh, yo, this shit crazy, man. And it's um, and so you gotta say it a certain way. And another thing was, it was it was really uh hard. Yeah, yeah, he did. Told you. That's why I didn't. It was it. it was really really hard. Reliving all the trauma in my life. That's real. So, and then imagine you mess up. And my mom's had a 1% chance and she got cancer. And my mom's had cancer. My mom's cancer was one that my mom's cancer. The cancer was taking over, like, and you just reliving this shit. Yeah. Shit that you dealt with 20 something years ago. You know, I woke up, they killed Biggie. I woke up, Biggie was dead. Watch the news, Biggie dead. This, you, this dumb shit that really is painful. Right now. Hurts the soul, hurts the DNA. So doing the audio book about your real life traumas? Oh no, it's not fun. You got a favorite chapter? Uh, favorite chapter is this Ecuadorian kid tried to murder me eight times in two days. Now say the rest. <laughs> You can't give him that, man. You know, and this is uh I think it's it's super dope though to hear the story of Khaled's nanny telling you that. Because on the way over here, we were going through hits, and I'm, I'm from New Orleans. So I put Khaled on, from New Orleans. Yeah, I put on Make It Rain though. Right. Mm -hmm. And then that video, he's holding the umbrella, right? And 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 you guys are just fired up. You know what I'm saying? Like you could tell, like he's looking at you and you can see why he's accomplished so much and he's been so blessed because he was happy for your success. And it yeah, seems that you're the exact like same that. way now. And it's it's hard to find people like that. But my my big brother, uh, my media mentor, Stephen A. Smith. Oof, is, I just spoke to him today too. Yeah, he's gonna get an opportunity uh, 
to be a part of, you know, your book release and interview you at the Apollo. Yeah. What is that going to be like? Tell him. He said, I'm peeling off the layers. <laughs> I'm saving the book. <laughs> I want to read it two days before the Apollo so I could just go in detail and this and this and that. And, he, and I'm telling him about surprises. You know, I like to make everything a movie. Right. Bro, we only live once. A good friend of mine died the other day. He's older, Simon Akiva, and you know, Jewish brother. And as rich as he was, you still go in the same box. You don't take it with you. There ain't no U-turns. And so I, I looked at Simon, so many people we helped, and he inspired me, and I'm looking at the box like, Damn, when we go, we just go in the box. And so while we're here, we got to make this the most fun, the greatest time. Go for the most legendary legacy history with everything you do. If you watch Fat Joe birthday party, it looked like them boys is, they cutting up in there. Like them, they, ah, like, and so the Apollo, November 15th, we going to turn up on such a level that what I was telling Steven, I was like, yo, I want whoever ain't go the next day to be like, oh my God, it was, it went down like that. <laughs> I said, yo, Steve, he's trying to tell me about the interview. I said, Steve, Stephen A. Smith, the best in the game. It's mm -hmm. Fat Joe, one of the best. It's gonna be legendary. Right, sure. right. Whatever you talk about, we're gonna go. We like, got it, right. You know, he wanna go over some shit. I'm like, yo, whatever you say, it's gonna be golden. Whatever Fat Joe say is going to be golden. The whole environment, the whole atmosphere, somebody got to go. And you know, I started in Apollo. Amateur night in Apollo. I won four weeks at the Apollo. Mm -hmm. And so coming back 30 years later, full circle, yeah. to my home, you know, where I was birthed at, you know, it's amazing. So uh, it's going to be a real special night. More special than I even know. Because... Who's going to be there? Who bought the tickets? Yeah. Who's going to, you know, I might see my third grade teacher there. Right. I might see, this ain't, we ain't doing a concert. This is a conversation. Right. Who's going to be there? Yeah. Right? Yeah. We might look out and be like, oh, shit, yo, such and such came through. This ain't no, this, this ain't a concert. They got that every week from Fat Joe. This some shit where we talking about life, it's gonna be special. And your kids, your family, everybody gets to see that. Oh yeah, man. But you know what? I like my kids to see me in person, man. Mm. I like to live it out with them in person, man. And uh, you know, my kids, you know, when I went to jail, man, I paid for my son's college cash uh, while I was in jail. You know, my daughter, she, she's little house on the prairie. <laughs> You know, my wife ain't got no concept. They just protected, shielded. They don't know no, I don't allow them to know bad times. Little Joey's smiling right now. Little Joey ain't lived one minute of his life without a dude sitting there right there like that looking at him. While he's sleeping, they sitting there looking at him. Make sure he don't fall, make sure he don't nothing. And that's the security uh, I provide for my family. And so, Let's just say 40 to 50 years old was, let's get our shit going. And now 50 to 60 years, oh, I got to leave them some shit. Right. 
you, you, know. you, you smile when you talk about your children and your family. Do you have that same smile when you talk about your New York sport team? <laughs> <laughs> you brought you the Nets or not? Now, yes, I'm a Knicks, bro. Don't ever Knicks? do that. I'm just I'm, asking, don't bro. Don't do that. I'm at. What about don't Jets do that. and Giants? I, I'm, I'm not. I, 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 no disrespect to y'all. I want y'all to kill me. I'm not a big football guy. That, that's, that's, and that's so cool. I tried to get in football a, a million times, and I couldn't get it. Uh, John Beeson, mm -hmm. uh, yes, my brother bro. coached him. Mm -hmm. My brother Rich Player coached him. And so he'd been terror squad since day one. So I would go for any team he was ever on. Right, because he's my brother. Um, and then this guy got CTE. Uh, my brother paid 14 years semi-pro uh, in Miami. And uh, so I got a root for the Cowboys with him because if they lose, I'm fucked for the week. You hear me? I think I'm gonna get beat up. He might fuck me up, road rage in the car. Like, I'm like, hope, I pray he wins. I'll be watching the game. Please, please, Dad, come on. Please, God, let this guy win. He's the guy Stephen A. Smith threatens. He's one of them. <laughs> the one that he hates. Terrible. Yeah. They win one game and he got the whole Instagram is him like a baby sleeping with the Cowboys. <laughs> Yo, the Cowboy fans are terrible. They know how to rub this thing in. And so, but I got a root for him because and then he's going to be like, shit, you can tell the difference. <laughs> They win, he's, oh, yo, what's up, God? Yo, 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 they lose. Yo, they don't know how to act. Like, <laughs> yo, and I'm with one of these guys. Like, right. all day, every day. Like, I'm like, yo, Cowboy, I'll be like, yo, Rich, ain't you saying it too soon, man? Ain't you going, nah, shut up, man. This is what it is, man. This is what, I'm Cowboy fan. So if I had to pick a team, it'd definitely be the Cowboys. Be the Cowboys. Wow. Just on the strength of supporting. And Knicks over guy. the Knicks Nets. over everybody. Are you saying the like Nets ain't a real New York team, huh? Ooh. The Nets ain't a real New York team. It's rough over there. They but, suck. But Joe, the, the Knicks ain't doing nah, too much man. either. I don't wanna. The Knicks should have got Donovan Mitchell, bro. Mm. Mm. They got a three-time All-Star, 25 years old. We had him, bro. I do not, you know, the kid Jalen Brunson is a stud. Mm. He balls, but they really played games. And then, and the thing is, these Knicks, man. I went to the game last night. We was up 23. We wind up losing. This happens to us all. It felt like same old Knicks when I got in the car. High blood pressure. Yeah, well, he sound mad for real. <laughs> yeah, he sound mad. Yo, I'm a Knicks fan. Yeah. I bleed blue and orange. Like, it, it hurts. Yeah. And to know that we had an opportunity to be 100 times better and didn't take it. Right. You know, I coached at the Rucker Street Basketball. Mm -hmm. I did not play those games. If you killed me one year and you was dropping 40 against me, the next year... You would be walking in with a terror squad jersey. Like, I would make sure that you walked in with the jersey. I'd do whatever I had to do to make sure, you know, the guy killed me. I'd be, he'd be in Miami with me, Club Crave, this, this, that. <laughs> Bentley Convertible. He's gonna live this BET Awards. He's gonna be, but, and then he'll walk in that park with me with that terror squad jersey the next year. I'm not crazy. When you wanna win, you get the job done. You go and you, Lock it down. Like, come on. I guess that's why Pee Wee Kirkman couldn't imagine it, huh? Oh, no, Team didn't have to win. <laughs> Team didn't have to play I'm to a, win I'm the championship. I'm gonna tell you something crazy. My brother Rich, he played 13 uh season semi-pro with the uh 
with with the uh, the Bulls down the Miami Bulls, and they won the chip this year, and they're gonna retire because the lady who owned it she passed away, so they sent them a ring. Cause all the other chips, he won it with them. So he's like a Hall of Famer. They sent him the ring. He said, "Yo, I didn't have to play to win the championship." <laughs> I was like, "Oh yeah. shit!" He brought it back. Yeah, man. Uh, fun times, man. You know, I tell him all the time. When I die, my casket to drive through the rucker. You know, it's, it, it was so many. The best years of my life was in there, uh, coaching and trying to uh, pretty much mentor. And so when you see these kids out there, they emulate us and they want to be like Kobe. They want to be like Shaq. They wanted to be like AI. They wanted it like that. And so when you finally got someone like Fat Joe who could bring those people to that park in the hood, because if you go to the games, kids can't afford $500, $1,000, $1,500 to go to the game. They'll never see them. So that was part of the reason why I used to be out there at the Rucker bringing all the all the greatest basketball players so that these kids can finally see, you know, the kids they try to, the, the, the guys they try to be like and aspire to be like. And so that, that gave me some of the best years of my life. Man, that's amazing. Guys, get the book of Jose. We gave you a little bit. He ain't give it to y'all. Freddie T stopped him. He made sure he made sure he stopped. He made sure he get the favorite part. Uh, but what I want to say is this, man, you know, Freddie T always does give people their flowers and he was starting to do before. Uh, we're excited and honored that you decided to give us a piece of your life, man. But you got so much more life to live. Yeah. And your evolution is a story for everyone to learn from. But you're in the second and third career and another chapter in your life. And hopefully you'll do just as much in that part and you'll write a book about that too. Thank you for the flowers. And we do need it while we're here. Um, and that goes to you guys too, doing an amazing, you know, job of what you're doing and your second and third careers too. Uh, and um, that's what it's about for me, man. It's about legacy. It's about my community. You know, I got big dreams of building a school in the middle of the South Bronx. That's like 90210 made out of glass with an indoor pool of mile long and gyms and the best teachers and the best everything. That's what I want to leave back for my hood when I'm out of here and I check out where my family could drive past there and be like, yo, he did it big. And so that's what it's all about when I see my brothers, Jay-Z doing it big. When I see my brothers 50 Cent with 10 TV shows. When I see Puff and all the things, hip hop, LeBron and all the things they do. I'm, that's, that, that's what makes me happy uh, and inspires me to do stuff like that. And so I never looked at nobody with a jealousy, with a lens of jealousy. I've always looked at people with inspiration. I would go to Puff Daddy's house and be like, wow, we can own stuff like this? Right. Or I'd go to LL Cool J's house and be like, man, this, we could get this? I never looked at it as like I'm jealous. I always looked at it as motivation. And said, damn, they got it. I got to find a way to get it. And you're going to find a way to get it. You're going to hit some bumps and bruises. You're going to hit some turbulence. But if you're really, really determined, if it's in your DNA to win, you're going to get them. You're going to get them. And I truthfully believe that. I'm doing better than I've ever done in my life. And I want to do even better. 
You know, I always tell this joke to my family. I want to get like a painting of me. The fat, fat Joe. I don't want the skinny, fat Joe. I want fat, fat Joe. You know, belly popping out the car to get in sweater. And, they, and they're going to have to have that painting over that dining room for generations to come. Yeah. And be like, yo, who's the guy? 100 years from now. For your dad. Like, yo, that's my fat. That's my fat great-great-grandfather. He made it happen. <laughs> we still eating turkey because of this guy. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and so that's what it's all about for me, man. But thank you for having me here on The Pivot. Man, appreciate you. You know, The Pivot is the shit. Happy dad, hard seltzer. <laughs> he's, still, he's still working on the audio book. <laughs> no, nah, got an audio book. Well, what man. happens is we do take care of our sponsors all the time. Yeah. All the time. Don't Amen. ever forget that one. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Right? We got to do business. We got to do what we got to do. Uh, the, the, the Nets is not a New York team, okay? <laughs> I know you got a lot of sports, sports fans here. Let me tell you something. This is the problem I got, right? <laughs> Fuck it. it. Let's leave it alone. <laughs> <laughs> That's ready. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. I'm ready. I'm ready to go bad on the Nets right now. Hold up. Limitless. Take a stomach cap in it. I father here to witness it. Got my people feeling militant. Way I'm feeling, get me up. On the mission, get me up. Lower me, I got the key. On the vision, I can trust. Trust. Limitless. Take a stomach cap in it. I father here to witness it. Got my people feeling militant. Way I'm feeling.